because if it worked on me, on how I was brought to Christ, then likely it's going to work for others in bringing others to Christ. So for further in my story, I was doing Bible studies. I was, I was doing these 33 Bible studies with my Bible worker. But, you know, I was so thirsty, I wanted more. Once a week wasn't enough for me. So I went out and I bought these 28 study guides from Amazing Facts. I bought them on a Tuesday and I had read through all of them by Thursday, all 28 of them, because the more I learned, the better my life got. So we might have been on like lesson four and in between lesson four and five, I went through the whole evangelistic series. I was thirsty, but I could do that because of the formats of how these, these study guides were put together, question and answer. And I remember studying with my Bible worker, and it was getting towards the end of the, the, the series, and we were talking about baptism, and I was like, you know, I don't really want to get baptized. He's like, why? Why wouldn't you want to be baptized? I said, because I'm afraid that if I get baptized, you're going to stop studying with me, and I still have questions. And he said, Enoch, listen, this is the rebirth. This is being born again. Baptism isn't the end of Bible studies. It's the beginning. We're not going to stop because of the baptism. And so I was thinking, I'm like, oh, well, I guess if you put it that way, then sure, okay, I'll be ready. I'll, I'll be baptized. So it was right after November. I was 17. I was officially baptized under the bridge in a river. And, and you know, it was unfortunate but we probably did about three more Bible studies after that, and then they stopped. And I still had questions about dress reform. I still had some questions about maybe the lot of rain or some other areas that I just didn't really understand necessarily some of the Christian practice and conduct. That he, he did study with me for a while, and it was about a year, so he labored with me. But I just felt like there was still some deficiencies that I wish that I still had that follow-up. And I was relating this story to someone, and, and my Bible worker who was, who was doing studies with me was there. And he said, you know why I stopped studying with you after you were baptized? I said, no, please tell me. And he said, because I didn't know what to study. It came to a point where I just wasn't sure on what the next thing was. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. I understand that. But between you and me, did now, learning since then, did you know that God has a tool, a resource for his people to continue to give these Bible studies, to labor for souls so that we don't run out of topics to study about? Did you know that? I want to share with you this quote. Very thought-provoking. This is coming from messages to young people. The idea of holding Bible readings is a heaven-born idea and opens the way to put hundreds of young men and women into the field to do an important work, which otherwise could not have been done. Interesting. I see that these Bible readings is given to actually train the inexperienced how 
to labor for souls effectively. Hundreds, other quotes similar to this says thousands will be in the fields. And I was studying about the work of a minister before the, um, before my ordination in 2014, I really wanted to understand what is the work of a minister in the word of God. And I wanted to make sure that I would actually be doing that before um, accepting that, that call to ministry or recognizing that. And, and as I was studying, I began to realize that the work of a minister is, it only begins in the pulpit, but largely Jesus' ministry was comprised of personal interviews. He had a faithful regard for the one soul audience. It was personal ministries. It's going to the homes, visiting with the church members. How are we? And I was working together with the, when I turned 18, I moved into the church and I was working together with um, a pastor and we were laboring together for the church members and trying to understand how we could, how we can share with them. And as a as a mouthpiece for God, how are we going to know what to share with others if we don't visit them throughout the week, if we don't hear what they're going through, if we don't come in contact with the people, how will we know to give meat in due season? And that's what I found continually in my studies. And in that, it also said to train the people. It's not just the work of the minister, but every, there, there was a quote in uh, one of the, the uh, periodicals that said, every Christian is bound to be a Bible worker. I was like, wow, we have this work, but there needs to be training. And labor under experienced trainers to be able to actually do the work. And I'm just studying about this. I'm like, how are we going to teach the people to be active? How are we going to teach them to do something for God? And through studying I was learning about working with the laity, working with volunteers, working, like, giving, imparting the experience of sharing with others what God has shared with us. And I come across this Bible reading quote, and I'm just like, what are these Bible readings? Because this sounds important. Now, I asked five pastors about what was the, the Bible reading and that, that she was talking about, and two of them said, I don't know. There's another one that was saying, well, that's when you open the Bible and you, you read it. And I was like, well, that, that doesn't seem like that really fits necessarily the context. I'm like, well, that could be it, but I feel like there's something more. And I was thinking, and so I asked another one, and he was like, well, let's look in the Pioneer's writings. Let's search through the CD-ROM, and let's look at the word Bible reading and find out how they used it. And as we began searching... I realized I began to understand more of what the Bible readings was. Who's ever heard of Bible readings for the home? Yeah? So that's what I came across. I realized the Bible readings for the home. That made a lot of sense. This is the Bible reading Gazette, 1888. And I, if I understand correctly, the pastor had given this digitally to every member of this church. Praise God. This tool is so helpful because it has over 300 pages of Bible readings. And a Bible reading is in a question, Bible text, question, Bible text format. The very nature of the Bible reading allows an individual without a living preacher to go through 
the lesson and to learn by themselves. It, what the Bible readings are is what we now call study guides. That's part of where my confusion was. We see the 28 study guides from Amazing Facts, the Sherword study guides. We, we call all these different study guides, but, but back then they called them Bible readings. And now understanding that, it opened up to a whole new field of thought where I realized that's why I was able to buy them on Tuesday, study by myself, and go through them and learn those lessons. So sometimes we feel bad, like we, well, we have this doubt that, well, I need to share my faith, but I need to learn the message first. I need to understand thoroughly before I can share anything. And we feel like I'm not prepared, or when I go to a Bible study, what am I going to say? What if they ask me a question I don't know? How do I handle that? There's so many of these questions that come up that in reality, if we're using Bible readings, who would be able to read a question and have someone read a verse? Can I see by a show of hands, who would be able to read a question and then read a verse? Okay, amen. This is simple. We can all do this. And that means that, like for instance, sometimes you'll be giving Bible readings and you share, like I'm studying with a, a young man, he's 22, he's over in the UK, and um, he, we're studying with him, and I tell him at the end of each, each lesson that, hey, you can go as fast as you want. You have a lot of questions, we're going to study that in the next lesson. You can read along, you could read ahead, go through them all that you want, and if you have more questions that doesn't answer, then we can handle those. But next week, hey, did you go ahead? And he's like, no, that's okay, let's do the next lesson. Next week. Did you read ahead? No, but that's okay. Let's do the next lesson. So many times the contact you're studying with is not going to read them by themselves. You as a Bible reader, really it's just your presence that is assuring that they're going to read through the lesson. The lesson is not dependent necessarily on you to teach the message or to give the course. And it's not that you necessarily want to depend on those forever, but when you're first learning, we read it's a heaven-born idea for training the people of God how to teach these subjects. So the Bible readings ha are so helpful. It also comes in the, the Sabbath school format. I was reading about the, the purpose of Sabbath school. It wasn't just to train church members when it started. Are you guys aware that the Sabbath school department is actually part of, it's called Sabbath school and personal ministries department? These things go hand in hand. The reason why is because it was a school actually for the unconverted, the school for the unchurched, a school for evangelizing new contacts and for training church members to be able to lead out in Sabbath school to give a, to conduct a group Bible study. It was really on the basis of a small group ministry. That was more of the purpose of Sabbath school. But we've, at times, we kind of get, con uh, we, we, we miss that purpose, and we think that it's more of just so that we can different, show what great things we've studied or share what, what intelligent thing we've read and, and, and we'd like to share. So these Baba readings are really helpful and the, the ability to be able to, to, sh to see someone else do the study 
until you feel confident that you can do a study, and then you can therefore go and teach someone else how to conduct a study. Some of you guys have heard it. I like to call this see one, do one, and teach one. You, it, it really takes pressure off of the students. If you could, if I told you today that, hey, if you know someone that's open to the gospel and would be interested in studying, and I would be your partner, and if you introduce me to them, the three of us can study together, or me and you and their family, and I'll lead out in the first Bible study or two until you feel comfortable that you can start to lead out. If you saw me do it, would you feel comfortable doing that? Would that take a, a handful of your objections off? Absolutely. So with this, this model, you're able to train people how to labor for God. And we've been doing this, and um, it has been having tremendous results. I'm seeing introverts who are now teaching other Bible workers, people who were shy, not, not thoroughly acquainted. Like, they've heard the messages. They've gone to meetings. They've gone to camp meetings, evangelistic seminars, revelation seminars. But it's not until they began teaching. Now you ask them a question, they'll give you Bible answers. They know the answers for their faith. But it wasn't until they started giving Bible readings. Great transformation.